So the idea that the left was only kind of concerned with crude matters of distribution is a caricature, but also it's a caricature of the post-war left when um, the labor movement and working class politics had been integrated into the post-war nation state. Whereas classically in the first half of the 20th century, the left understood itself as contending for power, for controlling society, who was going to be in charge, not merely kind of negotiations over how to distribute society's product. And also, you know, I mean, the other kind of important point is that the earlier socialist, working class, communist movements and radical labor politics and anarchists and so on were all deeply concerned with so-called post-material values as well. They were also the movements yeah. that championed the cause of the emancipation of women, um, in the independence of the colonies, anti-imperialism, um, even sexual minorities in Weimar, Germany, um, and even indeed in Bolshevik Russia before Stalin. Um, so, yeah. you know, I it, mean, this idea that suddenly these the ethical concerns of the middle class display displace the kind of the crude grasping, um, the crude grasping politics of the working class in the 1960s is kind of, um, you know, it's a caricature of the reality, even though this is the way it's often presented in the um, lecture that you might get on kind of sociology 101. And this is serving character. Yeah. yeah. No, th this is crucial, what, something that Phil highlights there, which is, and this is a misconception when it's often talked about the new social movements, is that now they are concerned about gender, race, sexuality, uh, the environment, as if that was never a concern before. So I don't think it would be wrong to conceive of the new social movements as reorientations simply to kind of other areas of concern. Um, as Phil points out, uh, the old left itself, certain sections of it were precisely concerned with uh, women's rights and so on. So it's not, and I think this is often the debate that is played out today, you know, especially, you know, this year, it seems with this silly debate about class reductionism versus race reductionism and so on. Um, the idea that those um, who are, you know, criticized as being class reductionists um, somehow ignore the question of race or gender, you know, that, that and that that's, that's a complete, uh, that's a real slanderous kind of a, a um, interpretation of what is actually going on. What mm -hmm. is really good about James Hartfield's approach to this is that it, it precisely punctures that, that it's not just about incorporating new issues, but that it's finding new subjects. And then he even goes further, and maybe I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but it, you know, in, importantly points out that these aren't subjects. These aren't actually real subjects. These are, uh, you know, I think he quotes Melucci in saying this, but they it, that it is conflicts without us conflicts that do not have a subject. Um, that there is a conflict over gender or race, but there is no real subject, collective subject that's identified, which can um, really see through social change. But is that is that necessarily the case? I mean, wouldn't in that example? You know, just to, to kind of, I guess, dig into this a little bit. Wouldn't, couldn't women collectively be a subject? 